Hello, and welcome back to episode 35 of Southern Fried E-Commerce. We have been on a little bit of a hiatus, just, just a little bit. Um, I had the, the COVID uh, a couple weeks ago, not too bad for me. Last week, though, I had some folks in the house doing some painting and stuff, but, or, or I'm sorry, building a uh, built-in bookcase. And uh, I also had a little bit of a, I don't know what they call it, like COVID hangover where, you know, I, I'm, I was negative, but I actually felt worse as a negative COVID um Oh, patient than I did. I mean, positive COVID patient. I felt like I could have went and ran a marathon, but then the fatigue ha- happened after the fact. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID's a weird, a weird virus. They say, Emily. That that is in fact what they say. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, last week was a little bit. I actually woke up on Friday, had a extremely sore throat. I didn't go down that deep with you because I did have other reasons why well, we couldn't do it on Friday. But uh, to all of our loyal fans, Emily, I I truly, from the bottom of my very heart, uh, apologize to them. Listen, I just laugh because you're like, hey, people are building a bookshelf. I was like, you don't don't have screwdriver? All right. Sounds good. No, it's a built-in. I can build a bookshelf. Listen, I I didn't want to push it. I was like, all right, Jay can build a bookshelf. People own houses, Emily. You add on to said houses. Listen, I don't own a house. I don't know. Uh So I'm trying to explain to you how home ownership works. So one day, <laughs> you'll say, okay, I can do this to my house. I can actually change some things around in my house. I don't know. Zach can build a bookshelf. I don't know. Can't build the bookshelf that I just built. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should. Zach, I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't doubt your ability to build the bookshelf of my dreams. <laughs> Uh, he getting ready for uh, Zach. Uh, Emily's Boo Bear is oh, a educator here in the great state of Georgia. He getting ready for school to be back in. Oh yeah, he uh, starts back planning on Monday, but then I'm sneaking him away the last two days so he can head down to celebrate my birthday. There we go. You got everything scheduled. You know where you're staying. Oh, yeah. We're staying very close to Bourbon Street, which was not planned, but the rate was too good to pass up. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be in Airbnb two blocks <laughs> away from Bourbon Street. Wait, we're going to be really close to each other. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to have to say, this is Emily. You're going to hate it. <laughs> You're going to follow behind me and be like, get off of me. Get off of me, Emily. Go, go. You and Zach, go do your things. Yeah. Go get some fried chicken, Emily. Listen, if you see a hand grenade in my hand, do not come talk to me. <laughs> a hand grenade? I hope you don't have any hand grenades on Bourbon Street. No, you don't know what a hand grenade is? I've never been in New Orleans. Oh, man. Listen, there are these drinks, and it's like this. It's not super tall, but it's kind of like it's like a mini tall boy, mm-hmm. and the base of it looks like a little grenade with a little face on it. And I don't remember what it tastes like, but I could tell you everything that happened after that. We wandered into different bars. Uh, I started singing and dancing and acting a fool. This isn't like the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. I can see myself walking into a bar now, seeing you on, on a stage singing and dancing, doing an extreme about face, and then going to the to the next bar. And we're like, all right, next one. Next, next one. drink, next place. Bye. Who's, who's that lady out there singing it? I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. Learn how to handle your alcohol. 
I'm going to start a bar fight with Jay. So a big 3-0. When, when is that? When is that? August the 2nd, right? August the 4th. August the 4th. That's when my buddy, who we're going to New Orleans with, his birthday is also August the 4th. Ah! But he's turning... Uh, Stephen Orbaugh, Stephen Orbaugh. He, he's been on the podcast with us before. That's his birthday as well. Oh, that's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. He's not really turned 50 if he listens to us. I was just joking, but he is a little <laughs> bit older than he is. <clears throat> so, um, so, yeah, we have that going. We got uh, schools starting up. Cobb County school starts up. Cobb County, where we or reside here at EY Studios starts up next week. My daughter actually begins pre-K on Monday, so looking oh, forward to that. And hopefully, the price break in the preschool is private pre-K because we're keeping her at her preschool. So I don't know how big that price break is going to be, but hopefully, it's a decent, decent price break. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, a lot of things happening over here. We got birthdays, we got trips, we got college football starting up, NFL football starting up, playoff baseball around the corner. All these things you're things you're looking for. Oh, things things that I love. Big passions of mine. Here we go. Took Charlotte to her first Braves game last Sunday. <gasps> oh man, she liked it. Did we, did we lose or win? Uh, we lost. Pretty. Mm. We were down eight to nothing by the second inning. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the thing that she brought home with her, the thing that she remembered the most, is a a patron probably about twenty five rows diagonally in front of us got pinged with a foul ball in the head. And so <gasps> it was a pretty traumatic incident to her. She was very interested in the paramedics going to check on this person. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was a – I hate it at the expense of this person, but it was a good lesson of, Charlotte, this is why you pay attention when you're at baseball games. That is true. So uh, hopefully now she'll know. It'll be forever seared in her mind. Listen, but, that is one of my many fears going to a game. Because yeah. I like to be able to see the players, but that's also in getting hit territory. <laughs> it is. It is. But you got to bring your glove, Emily. You got to catch the foul ball. You'll be okay. <laughs> that's it. Okay. I thought you- <laughs> That was it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, we're going to hop on into it today. Uh, like I say, we haven't been here for the past two weeks. Next week's probably up in the air unless you and I can figure out some time on a Wednesday or Tuesday. Uh, July, July is a tough month, birthdays, 4th of July, all that stuff. So a little, little summer break. Uh, we might not be here next week, but then we'll start it. Uh, we'll start getting on our, um, on our runs here in August, going hard into the third quarter, fourth quarter, as people prepare the shops for the holiday season, we'll be there for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, we might, we might be out next week. No big deal. Cause you're going to be enjoying your birthday party and I'm going to be enjoying some fellowship with some guys. And Hey, you just slacked me the, um, the hand grenade. That looks like a, like a lantern. That looks scary. It's radioactive. Like this thing is like neon. You can't miss it. Okay. Yeah. That looks scary. So, uh, everybody, uh, at the end of the show and the show notes, Emily, put your Venmo in there. People will Venmo you some money so that they can buy you a hand grenade. <laughs> Um, 
So let's start out, Emily. First and foremost, tell us what's going on here at EY Studios. Absolutely. So even though we haven't been around, plenty of blog content that's been coming out. But just for this week, I'll let you guys know the highlights. Uh, First up, we have what are the best social media platforms for your business, which is something that I feel very strongly about. I don't think every social platform is good for every business. There are certain audiences and certain places that you guys should look into and utilize for your business and we kind of break it down and kind of give you an idea of what might work best for you. Uh, Next up, how to build trust in your store online. Uh, Trust is super important when trying to get customers to buy from your business and keep buying from your business. So good read there. And then finally, The most common mistakes businesses make when implementing analytics. Analytics are huge for your online store, especially making sure that um, you're doing the right things and making the right decisions. So making sure that everything is set up properly is super important. All great stuff. All good stuff. Thanks to Jess for putting out that content. Uh, While while we were gone, we did miss the NASDAQ kind of prepping that, but I was on a NASDAQ, how to digitalize your uh, B2B brand or modernize your digital B2B brand, I guess I should say. Uh, hopefully, I will be getting the recording of that, and so you should be able to go on our social media outlets over the next week or so. I see that. Of course, it's two weeks old at this point, but I think it was some evergreen content, Emily, so hopefully um, nothing nothing too out of the ordinary when people go back and listen to that content. <laughs> No, I thought it was pretty good. I, I feel like everybody gave some really good evergreen content. And listen, not to not to sound crazy or anything, but I honestly think that you did the best. Well, you know, you know, it's the podcast. It's prepared me for things. I, everybody did a very good job. We had our friends over from uh, uh, Octane. You may know them as ShipStation, plus a couple of more companies. We had a uh, Chris over there that was on, was on there. Uh, we had some friends over from uh, from big commerce only. It was a, it was a good it was a very good um, podcast. I think that if you got a second, to listen to it, and you're B two B, flip on over. Once we get it on the website, listen to it. I think you'd enjoy it. So um, so yeah. All right, Emily. Like I said, we started up a little bit late today, so we're gonna have to dive on in there to some articles. Plus, this is what the people are here for: some good e commerce articles. We got them this week for folks. Uh, But before we do, uh, please, 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 please make sure you like, follow us on all of the major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, SoundHound, yada, 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 all of those things you can find us on. Tell your friends, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell them all about uh, (laughs) Southern Fried e-commerce. I know that they're interested. My family's our number one biggest fan. As a matter of fact, half the time, they're probably the ones that listen to it. But but my cousin's asking. She said that she's learned more about e-commerce through our podcast than she ever thought she would know. So good on you, cousin Sarah. Good on you. She actually, let's all keep her in our thoughts. She is starting... I don't know if I'd call it a career, but my cousin really goes for it when she wants to do something. She's such a funny person, uh, but she's starting. Uh, she's starting her stand up uh, again, not career, but she has a stand up program that she's going to start doing some comedy in and around Orlando, Florida. Um, uh-huh. So uh, her first her first show is I think on Saturday or Sunday. So let's all think about cousin Sarah as she. Um, she does this. Maybe we'll have her on the podcast one day, Emily. I love that. I think we need more comedy. 
Yeah, that was a tangent. Yeah, me and you can't provide it. We're so deadpan, so so dull. Ugh. You specifically, Emily. Nobody thinks you're horrible. I'm the worst. The worst. I just need to get a new co-host. Um, so be pre-jay. Do it. Do it. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like about uh, our podcast. Let us know on social media. You can reach out to us, info at eystudios.com. Uh, for all the fun podcasts, we try to do it every single week. Again, we've been off kilter the past couple of weeks or the summer, summer break. Can't, can't hold that against us. We'll probably not be doing it next week as Emily and I will both be out of office, both in New Orleans. Oh, unless you want to do one in New Orleans. We talked about this. Uh, I wasn't going to bring a computer because I was going to pretend like I don't have a job. We can do, I think we can do this from our phone. All right. If you find me on Bourbon Street, we'll do it. If I find if I find you on Bur- Bourbon, is this a promise? If I find yeah, you, yeah. If you find me, hand grenade or not, we'll just do it right then and there. With a hand grenade in your mouth <laughs> and in your hand, I guess. <laughs> That's two hand grenades. Two hand grenades. <laughs> oh man. I don't like them one bit. Um, so, yeah, we got that. Uh, we'll be gone the next week. But, but uh, yeah, join us every single Monday. Uh, generally, it's done by Friday. But every single Monday, all those podcast providers listen to us, hear what's going on in the world of e-commerce. Because Southern Fried E-commerce is a weekly roundup of the going-ons or the articles out there in the industry. I'm going to read an article. I'm going to take a step back. Me and Emily will have a quick roundtable discussion about the article just to keep us up to date with what's going on in e-commerce. Take a talk about the different things. We got some great articles this week, including Shopify reporting 1.2 billion net loss lays off 10% of its workforce. Oh, no. We got, what do we got? We got, as revenue grows, B2B marketplace headcounts climb as well. And maybe we'll touch on no e-commerce company is an island. Maybe unto itself, but that's not part of the title. Uh, (laughs) We got some good good ones. If we got time, we'll see. I also have a a great article from eConsultancy.com on promotions and discounts, uh, UXCX considerations for e-commerce brands. We're going to start off, Emily, with Shopify reports 1.2 billion net loss, lays off 10% of its workforce. Shopify, obviously, being an e-commerce behemoth, I think this is something that maybe some of our listeners would like to listen to. You ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. This is by Retail Dive, and it's, re- and it's written by our friend Danny James over at Retail Dive. I call her friend. I've never actually met her before. She might not like us one bit, so uh, in my <laughs> mind, she is a friend. In her mind... We can be enemies. I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's see here. The, the, the dive brief. E-commerce platform Shopify on Wednesday reported a second quarter net loss of $1.2 billion. Revenue grew 16% year over year to $1.3 billion, And operating loss was $190.2 million compared to income of $139.4 million last year. This just tells me I really need to understand finance and economics. Uh, Absolutely. Better because it's a net loss of $1.2 billion, but revenue grew 16% year over year to $1.3 billion. Well, if it grew, so are they just a uh, 0.1 billion? Okay, I'm not even going to try to. The math it. never maths for me. <laughs> yeah, me, me neither. That's what that's what the big wigs up in Wall Street are for. Um, Shopify announced on Tuesday that it would lay off 10 percent of its workforce by the end of the day. How's that? According Good. to a company post, that's 
reminds me of the final scene from Godfather when they're uh, just. Have you seen the Godfather before? I've never seen the Godfather. Oh gosh. For real? Yeah, I've never seen it. Well, can I spoil the Godfather since it came out in 1972? Absolutely. I know there's a horse head somewhere. There is a horse head, but in the final scene of, of Godfather, just everybody's getting axed. It's kind of like the final, like ah, bummer. Everybody's just getting laid off. You know, to put it in Shopify terms. Um, <laughs> nobody got murdered. Yeah, yeah, hope, hope so. But uh, the layoff stemmed from its decision to expand rapidly based on COVID-19 pandemic predictions about the growth of e-commerce. It's now clear that bet didn't pay off, said Lutke. Uh, to- Toby Lutke was the, is the CEO. The company warned that operating loss in the third quarter will increase materially due to the streamlining of its operation and its finalized acquisition of Deliver, adding that 2022 will be more of a transition year in which e-commerce has largely reset to the pre-COVID trend line and is now pressured by persistent high inflation. Uh, we'll do the dive insight. Shopify's layoffs in second quarter earnings demonstrate that while e-commerce isn't going anywhere, neither is the power of physical retail. We bet that the channel mix, the share of dollars that travel through e-commerce rather than physical retail, would permanently leap ahead by five or even ten years. Hey, if you've been following Southern Fried e-commerce, we've been talking about this trend, right, Emily? How physical is growing again and how you have to really diversify and how you're going to get your product out there. Luke, you wrote in a note addressed to employees. Ultimately, the placing this ultimately placing this bet was my call to make, and I got this wrong. Now we just we have to adjust. Not by me being now you fired. Sorry, of you guys. Jesus. Shopify. That's not even a Shopify commentary. I just love how uh, I know it's tough, right? I know I know it's tough, but I just love how CEOs. Um, just, I will get my $10 million bonus this year, but you guys, 10% of you guys, you're gone. And we're not even going to think about it. It's just. Good luck. Makes me sick to the stomach. (sighs) Recruiting support and sales positions are most impacted by the layoffs, along with over-specialized and duplicate roles per the post. Lukey isn't the only one who saw the bet on e-commerce growth potential as an error. Put bluntly, this was a huge strategic mistake that was driven by an insufficient understanding of customer behavior, a lack of rigor in analyzing the market, and a bit of hubris. Global Data Managing Director Neil Saunders said in its emailed components, the e-commerce sector is experiencing losses all around. A recent survey conducted by Ipsos for Publis Sapient and Salesforce showed that e-retailers were twice as likely as brick-and-mortar retailers to report they were unprofitable. Of the global retail leader surveyed, 70% said that the decisions made to ramp up e-commerce during the pandemic were conducted in less than optimal ways. Retail's powerhouse companies are also experiencing the effects of inflation. Walmart lowered its operating profit estimates this week, noting that fuel and food inflation are impacting how customers or how consumers spend. Target has experienced a similar impact from inflation, causing its Q1 profits to take a major hit and impact in its guidance for Q2. Okay, so in no way, shape or form, am I nearly as smart, I would guess, as Shopify CEO. No way, shape or form, 
am I nearly as smart, I would guess, as Global Data Managing Director Neil Saunders. Now, maybe he had nothing to do with this. He's just reporting on the data. Mm-hmm. The point is, I don't, you know, I, I can be humble. I, I mean, I, I'm a decently smart guy. I would say I'm in the uh, in the top 50 percentile, maybe, of a of, of population of smart, maybe top six or, you know, top 40 percentile uh, on a good day that, that I just, I'm really feeling it. But... We were talking about this on our very first episode of Southern Fried E-Commerce, Emily. We were talking about how COVID had changed the game. And one of the biggest points that we mentioned in March of 2021 is how, how small businesses, businesses needed to invest they needed to put back money. They needed to prepare prepare themselves for when the train comes to a screeching halt. Yeah. Now, the train hasn't come to a screeching halt. I still believe, and the numbers play it out, e-commerce is still growing. It's still larger than what it was pre-pandemic. More people are still using e-commerce more than they did you know, pre-pandemic. But what these businesses do... They get all their data and they look at they, they they formulate these projections, and they, again this goes back to even just what we say in e-commerce. Numbers are great. Numbers can prove out a lot of things, but when you talk when you refuse to factor in human behavior, yes, boy, this is what happens. You have to understand that people as a whole, want to get out and congregate. They want to go shopping. They want to get out of the house. They want to go look at things. They want to touch things. They want to have that sensory, you know, emotional mar- merchandising, you know, that they just, they, they, ha- they, they, they need that. And so, yeah, physical shopping was going to come back. Again, I still think, and I will still, it's still grown. I think that the pandemic fundamentally changed how people view e-commerce. It's fundamentally changed how specifically B2B is done in e-commerce. There's a lot of fundamentals that have shifted with, with, with 2020, 2021, and COVID. I mean, people don't even, I, don't, I mean, we just start, people don't even care about COVID really anymore. Like, they don't care <laughs> that that you go to a Braves game, more than likely you're going to get COVID. Matter of fact, one of the kids that we went with, father called me, she has COVID. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah, I mean, but she's okay, you know? I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's just an anticipated risk now, and so people are getting back to it. Um, But that's because of human behavior. People are tired of being kept up. People are tired of not having those interactions. Yes, maybe there's a majority of people that would be always happy, or not a majority, I'm sorry, a minority of people that would always be happy in a dimly lit room, not having to interact with anybody, Emily. Uh, No, I'm just joking. Uh, But... But this is human behavior, and it just—it always baffles me how folks don't plan for for them, like, like how they just throw so much money into. So, I mean, it's a fear running a small business myself. You know, luckily, we we either during COVID we either stemmed, you know, uh, layoffs or, or, or offered it to people to come back on. We try to put, you know, we try to work with maybe some contract. Um, some some contract opportunities there to help help us out, but as a whole, we plan for the absolute worst. I think that we came back stronger. Wouldn't you agree there? I think so. 
I and mean, we did it without breaking the bank. Now, yeah. there, there are certain things that we've had to, you know, just just think about, and certain things that small businesses as a whole have to account uh, for. But done right with smart planning and not just putting all your chips on this on this lift right here, then then you know you should be okay. But these big companies, man, they just they don't care, you know. No, I I 100% agree with you. I mean, it's exactly like what you said. It's just all the numbers were saying that everything was going great. Everything was trending up. Everybody was online. But I mean, gosh, at the same time, especially from like a marketing standpoint, everybody wasn't sure what the heck was going on. We weren't sure how to relay this information. We weren't sure how to start kind of changing the narrative on things. And everybody was hesitant and kind of afraid. And it's kind of one of those things where I think in my head, Someone in that meeting was probably like, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't do this because, you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty. And they were like, nope, all chips are in. We're betting on black here. And it just it really just kind of breaks my heart for all those people that were working for uh, Shopify. I always want to say Spotify for Shopify. And they just they just aren't going to work there anymore. To be fair, I also think that part of it they're saying that revenue is going up i just think ugh, i really can't stand shopify stores because they just set up all these crazy bare bones things and it drives oh, me crazy. Oh. <laughs> listen i'm telling you every small business that has these out of stock products all up in their stores drives me nuts jay that's my my grind my gears people are having uh people are having problems fulfilling you know we've looked at it, uh, a container from china or from asia in 2020, that was two thousand dollars to send over. I think it's twenty thousand dollars now, Emma. Oh yeah. Oh it. yeah. We have like our clients we've been talking to are having fulfillment issues. Like manufacturers that they've been working with for years are completely changing the way that they operate and are completely shutting out small businesses. I mean, we were talking to a client. They've been buying from the same manufacturer for years. Now they have to give like six months notice and pay over $25,000 just for like X amount of product, which for them as a small business is crazy. That's a crazy investment. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just so many things changing and ugh, it just drives me crazy. I just, I, I feel for everybody yeah. and it's just really hard when you can't control these like factors and like you can only control what you can control. Yeah. Well, unless Shopify is a good platform. There's no, there's no way around. It's a good platform. Great SaaS platform. There's some ceilings there. They're, they're, the way that they operate, obviously, is kind of modular by, by getting these add-ons. You can build out your the site of your dream, yada, yada, yada. But I've always said it, and you know, I don't, to me, Shopify has been a e-commerce or, or has been a payment processing platform. That's not, that's not just me talking. They make a, most, a good bit of their money from payment processing or the rev share that you must do while you're on Shopify. Um if you're not using their payment process, they're a payment processing company with a platform front end. And, you know, if people aren't buying, if a recession hits or, or if inflation is too much, people aren't buying, you know, that's the thing about processors is that they're built upon the percentages of if people buy, you could, you could be a great process, but if nobody's buying anything, you're not getting that money. And so when people stop buying, it's kind of tough to, it's, it's kind of tough to predict, okay, what are these buying habits? Because you're so much, I mean, don't get me wrong, payment processes, they're making their money. I mean, it's, it's 
It's, oh, it's, no. a, it's a racket. So I'm not feeling sorry for anybody there. But, <laughs> um, you know, when you have invested all this and there's no way that this is going to slow down. Let's go out. Let's hire. Let's hire. Let's hire. Oh, no, this has slowed down. Obviously, people aren't buying. We don't have this payment processing money. But yeah, then you got to let go of that 10% of the workforce. I don't think that, obviously, obviously, I mean, again, big corporations uh, can get a black eye. For, I don't think that anybody at Shopify was like, let's hire these people to fire these people. You know what I mean? Um, I, I really don't think that. Um, because they were hoping that business was going to grow and they were preparing for the windfall of business. And again, that's the, so people get jobs, business is growing, you keep on going, going and, and you go, you know, that that's just, that's capitalism 101 is that you prepare to, for the harvest. Hopefully you can sow it when you have a drought. Unfortunately, you have to call some. It's just to me sometimes, and I know that we're probably diving into the wrong things here, but it's just, the, the announcements of it's now clear that the bet didn't pay off. It's just kind of like an aside, you know what I mean? People are losing lively, and that's just the, well, it's not clear that this didn't pay off. And it's just like, oh, come on, man. It's the messaging that just kind of irks me. It's the merchandising of the messaging of CEOs, and they're just sometimes so they're not with it. They don't understand. They don't they don't get it. And, um, again, that's not me. It's just – Asia, I get, I get how business works. I get that you, you, businesses take gambles, and maybe those people never had a job to begin with. If if this was, but still, it's right. Like let's let's put some humanity to it. You know, we really feel horrible that this has happened. If we could have done anything, if the numbers would have would have played out the way that we thought that they were, that the trends looked like they were going, obviously we would have never been in this position. We hate that this happened. Isn't that a much a much better message right there? <laughs> they should just hire you, Jay. I should be a PR person. <laughs> just take on another hat. Why not? Um, but, you know, kind of making it down to small businesses. Guys, please, I hope that you have. I hope that you make contingencies. Get your – I know that, you know, uh, that that you could – that you that, that you were, that people were making capital investments. I know this because my company benefited from people's capital investments. More people were doing sites. Listen, I mean, sites have kind of slowed down a little bit right now. People building mm-hmm. out sites, making these capital investments has slowed down. It doesn't help that some of the – some people, some small businesses that are building sites, especially with a place like EY Studios where our sites aren't $100 sites. You know what I mean? Uh, some people take loans. Well, now interest rates are up. And so you're going to have to factor that in. Okay, great. You know, what was a $50,000 loan that was probably really $55,000, $57,000 when it was all said and done that you were going to be paying might now be $62,000. Well, that's an extra $5,000 that you got to factor into your decisions. And when you're talking about that's 10%, you know, that's not just a small number. That's 10% more than what you were thinking about before. Listen, it's just like you said, the train isn't coming to a screeching halt, but man, is the train blasting its horn. It's it's trying to let you know something's about to happen. And the most dangerous thing that you can do is stare at the train just just sitting on the on the track. Listen, some of the things that folks did get from from the boom in uh, 2020, 2021, you guys have a trove of data. If you were if you yeah. were doing what you were supposed to do, you have a treasure trove of data to who your customer should be. They might not be your customer right now, but that's still who your customer should be. Create your customer profiles. Go out there and market to those folks. Don't just sit there 
and just stare and say, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't, I don't have, you know, hopefully you saved up a raising dang fund. Hopefully, uh, and again, it's all easier said than done. I get that. Yeah, I'm talking mm-hmm. to some people, I'm talking pie in the sky, you know, ideas and, and Tom, you are like, well, you don't know, man, this, this is our livelihood. I, I was just making a salary and I, you know, I might've gone from making $40,000 to $70,000. Now we've gone back down. I can't go back to my $40,000 lifestyle or whatever it was, you know? Um, and, and I get that. I understand that, but just, you can't just watch that train come and, and just sit there and stare at you have to engage with your clients. Now you have to figure out ways to get them back into the, into, into your cycle, you know? And if you're not going to do it, and if they're not going to be back in that cycle right now, well, every, every month you're not marketing to these guys, when it does finally pick up, you're starting at nothing again. Yep. They get used to not hearing from you. Well, then when it does pick up, it, it's, you're going to have to start from scratch. And that is dangerous. That's dangerous for a business owner uh, to do. You don't want to start from scratch. And so, you know, don't be like Shopify. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in for this that you didn't put back the money for this that you can't. You know, of course, if the trend continues, and that's probably how they say it. All right, well, okay, great, put back all you want to, but we can't just hire people for the heck of it. Get that, understand that, whatever. Um, you know, but make plans because at some point things are going to come back around. It might be next year. It might be the year after. I think that right now in the news, and this isn't getting political or anything like that, there's a lot of debate about what, what a recession is. Who cares what a recession is? What inflation? Who cares? The fact of the matter, the, the, the reality-based place that we're at right now, people are hurting. People are struggling. People, it's tough for some people to get by. Um, it's tough for the low, for, for you know lower class. It's tough for middle class. I don't know about the upper class. I'm not, I don't consider myself. I am not the upper crust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an upper crust. Maybe they're living the high life, but that's not the the majority of folks that are buying things. And so yep. it's tough for people. But at some point, guys. It will shake free. The dam will bust and we'll be back. And, and it might be a slow growth. Just don't be caught, you know, lollygagging around when that happens. Yeah, Make sure that you're planning. Somebody else has already moved in and taken your customers exactly. if they're not doing it. This is where a lot of businesses are made during the downtowns because people get complacent. People get scared. People get frozen by the anxiety. And so somebody who's not that will jump in and they will begin uh, marketing to your client and they will win your client. Yes, sir. What a sunny article for us to uh, begin yeah. with. You started it by the one that just kind of irked me. And I was like, why are you going to do that, Jay? <laughs> well, we'll go on over to practical e-commerce to their no e-commerce company is an island. Um, and this is by Christopher Dobroth. So analyze a successful e-commerce business and you'll likely uncover vital partnerships and external selling channels. I've managed online companies since 2006 I've learned the value of trusted affiliates, niche marketplaces, loyal customers, and reliable vendors. I'll share my experiences in this post. All right, Christopher. Interesting. Uh, First one, affiliate networks. Affiliate marketing remains a mainstay for many merchants. It has experienced a recent boom with the rise of influencers who often earn commissions from sales. There are many potential affiliate platforms to partner with. Examples include CJ Affiliate. Uh, we won't go through these. You can read them. All, all have many publisher connections. A lightning, a lighting reimagined my current employer. We use Rakuten. Uh, mm. It helps us. Oh, at, at lightning reimagined. 
my current employer, we use Rakuten. It helps us find suitable affiliates and provides tools for managing commissions, payments, and more. Affiliate networks facilitate relationships. The publisher will not succeed if the merchant offer is poor. A merchant's offer fails if the publisher does not generate relevant traffic. These relationships are are typically solidified via the phone, email, or video. Trade shows and conferences like Affiliate Summit, MailCon, and Lead Generation World are also good facilitators. A robust affiliate program generates additional online exposure for your products and businesses. The best affiliate relationships are long-term, nurtured, and managed for joint success. You know, good for for Christopher, but I honestly don't think that affiliate relationships is 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 a lot of small businesses don't think about that, but they should. No. And and it's funny, um, affiliate marketing at my last company ended up being a huge revenue generator for us. Uh, and it was something that nobody wanted to invest in. But one person came in and was like, listen, just let me set it up and show you. And oh my gosh, the money that we got over those next few months was insane. And like, listen, affiliate marketing doesn't always work for every single brand, mm-hmm. but for certain types, especially for things that influencers can market and can talk about mm-hmm. um there there is and you know what really maybe i maybe i disagree with myself there is really an influencer for almost every market now like i feel like on tiktok i've seen pretty much every gambit you could you could cover at this point so you know what yeah just look into it just see what the possibilities are yeah absolutely absolutely um and, and i think it's a lot more I don't want to say simplified because it's probably complex yeah. in certain ways, but I, I actually broke in in affiliate marketing probably 2011. I've, I've been to affiliate summits and to lead generation worlds and stuff like that. Um, and back when I was doing it, it was it confused me pretty good. I wasn't like advertisers, publishers, how are you getting this? What are these offers? Explain to mm-hmm. me how you fight against each other for offers. But I think that there is a lot of simplification now, especially with influencers because a lot of these you know, advertisers, publishers, were companies, and you're still dealing with companies, but almost now you can look at affiliate marketing as personal relationships between the influencer and you, you know, or your product or whatever it might be. And so, um, so yeah, it, it, it's simplified in a way, uh, but there's a lot of different things you can do. And something that, that uh, folks need to be thinking about, especially as you're thinking about reaching your customer and what we just talked about. Marketplaces. As with affiliate partnerships, marketplaces expand your reach and attract audiences who may be unfamiliar with the brand. Lightning Reimagined partners with a few marketplaces who... I hate these company names sometimes. How's... H-O-U-Z-Z, is ideal for our home lightning products, light, lighting product products. It caters to interior designers and homeowners looking for fixtures. Every marketplace is unique, i.e. usability, fees, conversions, admin support, inventory management, and more. Feed tools such as Feedonomics integrate your product data into the marketplaces directly, eliminating manual loads. Christopher, you're right. We've been talking about it. Guys, look at marketplaces. I feel like we and we're going to talk about it here in just in our next our final article here. Um, but again, you want to be where people are buying your product. I, 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 you know, and this is something that honestly we probably need to dive a little bit deeper into EY Studios when we think of marketplaces. Even us, what do we think of Amazon, eBay, Walmart? Right, those are the big three marketplaces. 
But I keep on, and, and it's really beginning to pique my interest, and they're around, obviously, because people use them, and you hear about them all the time. But these kind of boutique marketplaces that are really situated for, situated for niche verticals, and light, yeah. lighting is not a niche vertical. It's a big vertical, right? But, I mean, again, uh, how's, uh, you know, really looking at those home lighting products? Like, figure out what market – Amazon's good, right, because everybody – but. Why not put in on house if you are doing, you know, home furnishings and house does home firm if they do home furnishings? Why not put it on there and meet your client where they are? Obviously, people who are on house are looking for home furnishings or looking for home lighting products. And so have it where they are there. Uh, and we probably need to dive a little bit deeper, even on our side, Emily, into what these niche marketplaces are. Absolutely. No, because any opportunity to get business is good. It's just you got to take the time and do your research. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then finally, vendors and clients. Beyond, beyond affiliates and marketplaces, don't forget vendors and clients. At Lightning, at Lighting Reimagine, we view every client as a long-term partner. We are not looking for one-time transactions. We seek to foster a mutually beneficial experience that produces repeat lifetime sales. Vendors, too, are partners. They can be manufacturers, logistic providers, marketing consultants, or web developers. A vendor relationship, like a client, should help both parties. Uh, should help both parties. It's not one-sided. If I mistreat a manufacturer, the relationship fails, leading to a loss in sales. Without reliable logistics, my customer will not receive their orders. Lightning, lighting reimagine. I want to keep on calling it lightning. Uh, lighting reimagine partners with Brilliance Business Solutions for web development. FedEx is our primary logistics provider. Remember, no successful e-commerce company is an island. It's a partnership that determines success or failure. So I wanted to read this because I do think it's a good reminder, right? I think a lot of time, especially in the small business, um, in the small business arena, there's a mentality of I have to do it myself. I have to go at it myself because if I don't go at it myself, I can trust nobody else to do what I need to do for my business. And to a certain extent, folks are right. You're not going to care. Nobody's going to care about your business uh, more than you probably care about your business. But if you really want to grow your business, at some point you have to find strategic partnerships. And there are some very bad partnerships out there. There's some very good partnerships. A very bad partnership can set you back for years, a very good one can leap you ahead for years. And so, you know, all these things you got to be thinking about uh, in order to grow your e-commerce business. I think, you know, you can even, when we talk about vendors and clients, when we're talking about web developers or agency relationships, you can even couple up some of these other things that we're talking about, like marketplaces, like affiliate networks, into that agency. Have a partner that comes alongside of you that is looking out for your business and offering advice, strategic advice that is is unique and positioned for your business. And if you can find that partner, man, every penny that you spend on them is going to be worth so much more uh, than the spend at the end of at the end of because they're they're truly looking out for your business. As a small business owner, you don't have time to keep your finger on the pulse of everything that's going on in e-commerce. Agencies like EY Studios. Not that we have time, but we have more heads in the in the game, yeah. right? We have more people that are looking. I mean, our our Slack channels at EY Studios are 
a buzz many a time. We had an article this morning that was sent to us by Lucky, Lucky Orange that, you know, Cherry, our director of operations guy, that was a great article on conversion and, and things to be thinking about, about call to actions and all, and all this jazz that just something like that, right? Maybe, maybe Megan or, you know, whomever down the hall didn't have an opportunity to look at that article, but now she did because Jerry promoted it. Right. And you can she can read through it and she can take those things back to her client and she can sit. So it's good to have folks that are constantly in the game on your side as you look to grow your business. And so don't think that you got to go it alone. Don't you know, you need to look at an investment. I think that's hard to do because sometimes prices can be for an agency, for a good agency. I mean, I'll be the first. We're not cheap. We're not going to be your low price leader. We're not going to be the Walmart, you know, of your dreams uh, when it comes to to building your business. But I don't know that you want to build your business off of Walmart prices because you're going to get Walmart quality. And so I'm not saying that Walmart quality sometimes ain't great, but you know. Shout out to Walmart. Shout out to Walmart. Um, uh, you want something that's going to last. And so, uh, yeah, go out there and find those key partners. Overall, this is a good, you know, if not brief a little bit. And I, and I mean this in the, in the best, a little bit shallow, but you don't need every article to just be this deep dive. This is a good, you know, just understanding that you can't just go out this alone if you're going to succeed. I, I just think not everybody thinks about these things as much. And I think having this information just told to you over and over again really helps solidify it. Because, you know, if somebody's listening to us and we talk about it all the time, they're like, oh, there they go again, talking about marketplaces. Like, we mean it. We're genuinely trying to help you. And other people are saying it, too. Absolutely. And, you know, we have EY Studios is just not an island unto itself. We have yes. tons of partners. You, we, They're on this podcast, right? Oh, yeah. And so no. it takes the community to build these businesses. And, and it can't just be the agency. But again, you can leverage the strategic partnership the agencies have in order to help grow yours. Man, you are killing it today. So there we go. There we go. Let's see. The final one. Or is that it, Emily? You got anything else? No, you're you're get you're dropping the good points back to back, man. I'm running out of good stuff to add. All right, well, let's try to do it again. As revenue <laughs> grows, B two B marketplace headcount climbs as well. This is from Digital Commerce 360. Mark Brohan and Jason Smith have collaborated on this article. Bowery Capital provides a glimpse of just how big B two B marketplaces are becoming and how they're emerging as a significant e commerce employer. Hard numbers on B2B marketplace remain still hard to come by, even though there are now more than 400 U.S. I mean, think about that. What, we, what did we just talk about? 400 U.S. marketplace platforms, Emily. That's so many. <laughs> it is. But how many do, do does the average person know about? No, exactly. That's a lot of research. Honestly, like you said, you and I just need to sit down and just, that sounds like a whole day activity for me to sit down and just go through all the platforms. Yeah, exactly. Uh, according to data analysis from the newly published, well, here we go, Emily, the newly published 2022 B2B Marketplace 400 Research Report from Digital Commerce 360. Man, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> Just small, give it to me. For a small purchase, you can it can be yours. Uh, but new numbers from Bowery Capital, a New York investment firm that invests in B two B marketplace companies, provide a glimpse of just how big marketplaces are becoming, and they show that marketplaces are emerging as significant e commerce employers. For example, a pair of marketplaces equipment share. 
Well, there's one, Emily. Look it up. Equipment Share, a B2B marketplace serving the construction industry and Indigo Ag, (coughs) Boston Agricultural Marketplace, now each generate $1 billion or more in annual gross revenue uh, merchandise. Sorry. Now generate a $1 billion or more in annual gross merchandise volume, according to data from Bowery Capital. Uh, Nice little, there's a nice little graph here. There's Fiverr, I guess, is considered a uh, marketplace equipment share. Is it really? Ship Bob. I don't know if I consider Ship Bob, but maybe it is. So I guess I'll put it in there. So there's some that I guess you would know of, but I wouldn't think of an e-commerce marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Maybe things are changing and we're just old. Maybe so. Uh, you're hired. Well, you know, I guess they are saying like you could think Uber, Uber um, Eats is a marketplace, right? Because and even mm. in e-commerce, because you're a restaurant, you go into this marketplace, they offer you their servings, their offerings, and they shoot it out. You know what I mean? They come pick it up, they logistic, they get it to the end user. So even something like Uber Eats is probably con- is considered a marketplace, you know? Absolutely. You're hired. B2B marketplaces are, are big e-commerce company employers. So you have equipment share, Flexport, Indigo Ag, ACV Auctions, Convoy. So you can look at this. We're going to put this in here um, for you to read through. B2B marketplaces are – I'm sorry, Emily, go ahead. I didn't say anything. Okay. Uh, B2B marketplaces are also adding to their e-commerce headcount. Equipment share, which helps contractors rent out their underutilized equipment or rent safety tested equipment, now has a workforce of 3,000 employees. We've grown from a small group of founding members to 3,500 employees, the company says, and we're not stopping anytime soon. Oh, no. And on our <laughs> mission to change how construction gets work done. Another B2B marketplace, Flexport, now has a workforce of 2,800 employees, according to Bowery Capital Data. Flexport, which was founded in 2003, services in the freight forwarding and custom brokerage, broke, broke, brokerage sorry, industry. In June, Flexport hired Dave Clark to be its next chief executive officer. Dave, we got faith in you to, to really understand how humans think. Uh, previously, Clark worked as CEO worldwide consumer at Amazon. Never mind, Dave, uh, which he <laughs> in 1999. Uh, in February, Flexport raised $935 million in new investment money led by Andresen Horowitz and MSD Partners. The company says its marketplace technology moved $19 billion of merchandise across 112 co- countries in 2021. All right. Uh, again, it's just... B2B industries, I know that you're used to doing it, how you've done it forever and a day. Peek outside your warehouse doors, for folks. Just peek outside of them. See what opportunities are out there. Again, great thing about marketplaces, a lot of these are rev share. So if you're not selling stuff, then maybe you don't have to pay. Some of them could be uh, monthly membership. You know, I don't know how they all work. Uh, but the, look at the different type of um pricing models that they have and choose some that work for you. Not all of them are Amazon. Not all of them are eBay. Not all of them are are Walmart. There are some very uh, niche level marketplaces out there that could really help your bottom line. If you don't know what to look for, get with a company that can consult with you and can go out there and look for them for you. You're going to have to pay for that time, but look, but, but work with a company that's going to, that's going to dive deeper into marketplaces for, for you. Because again, it's growing. And you want to be where your shoppers are, and so it's something that you have to look to. What do you think about all these marketplaces, Emma? 
Honestly, I just, I don't think I even realized how niche they could all go. And again, like I said earlier, like these are the things that you need to do because if you're doing it before everyone else, you get all the money. And if you're not doing it, someone's going to step in and take that money from you. And you're just going to miss out on that opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, and it sounds to me like people are already doing it. So you want to miss the I mean, it depends on what, what niche vertical you're That's looking true. at. That's true. If you're construction or lighting, maybe you missed out. But, you know, maybe there's one that we're not thinking about right now. Oh, there's tons. That we're, it sounds like there's tons that you and I are not thinking about, Emily. And we yeah, just, there are 400 we haven't considered. <laughs> so, again, guys, just look outside your doors and um, – Go from there. I, I really want to hit. I really want to hit this uh, econ consultancy article. So I'm going to move forward uh, from the B2B because this is a pretty good article, um, and it's from econsultancy.com. Promotion and discounts, UX, CX considerations for e-commerce brands. Uh, and I'm not going to read through all of it. You can read through it, but uh, you know, one of the ways to combat people falling off is to give out promotions, and so you need to think about uh, the best ways to for user experience. Uh, sorry guys, let me, let me turn off my Slack. If you guys heard that in the background, I have my thing going here. Uh, um, I lost my train of thought. It was Ivana, Emily. It was Ivana. That's that Slack. Me. She should know. You got to set up your Slack notifications. Like I, I am. Did, I did. I did it for two hours and I had that made that ran over. Anywho, uh, uh. Uh, so yeah, you need to think about great. If I'm running these things, how can I still convert? How can I still capitalize on it? Uh, the first point that they bring up discount codes versus automatic discounting. So we'll read this. Okay. Uh, discounts aren't always made available to everyone on product listing and detail pages with some retail brands preferring to target customers with unique or time limited discount codes that they can apply at the checkout though, alongside personalized discounts based on past orders or interest can help to make customers feel valued and crucially keeps their high, the higher or full prices in view of on the e-commerce site. Discount codes have other benefits such as being used to track conversion performance of various channels or promotions. With that said, manually entering a discount code can also cause friction, whether due to typos, expiration dates, or trouble locating the code entry box, and end up negatively impacting the customer journey. Furthermore, if a customer doesn't know about a discount, they may not make a purchase they would be otherwise tempted to. Yeah. Uh, which. Yep. Which approach to take will depend on brand and pro pro product strategy and the audience being targeted. Domino's is a good example of automatic discounting. The restaurant chain has a detail, a dedicated deals page where customers can click to apply codes or offers before they start browsing and selecting their orders. I know this because I use that, that Domino's discount on my app all the time. Yeah. I get frustrated if you make me type in a discount code. You... I think it depends on what the code is. Like if I get an email that's like, listen, put in this code, you get 50% off, I'll do it. Because I, I kind of like those email ones because it makes me feel really special. Like, yes, I did this and you didn't. Um, but with that being said, uh, yeah, I, I do most of the time prefer automatic discounts because mm -hmm. I don't have to think about it. I'm already getting the deal. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, it definitely probably depends, but but for me, and you have to think about your user, and I think, you know, I, I guess it's just looking at the data of your user, but like somebody, it's just like, don't, like, I don't, like, honestly, I should say, I've probably paid full type price before, and now this isn't everybody, 
Uh, but I played probably full price when there was a coupon because I was just I didn't want to keep on going back and forth to understand what this coupon was. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, honestly, there's a lot of sites. I think there's like a double edged sword with all of this. Is like um, if I'm constantly being inundated, there's a company I really like, and they do um, sales pretty much every week. Um, but I know I just have to wait it out till the good sale comes on and then I'll just automatically get the 35 or 40% and I'll just skip the 15s and 20s. So you just have to be kind of selective of how and when you're doing these discounts to make sure that you're still getting the most bang for your buck because people, there are many kinds of users. They're the ones that are too lazy to do it. Sorry, Jay. They're the people that are being super crafty and thrifty and trying to make sure they're getting the bang for their buck. And you just, you got to make sure you're doing what's right for your business and also pleasing the customer. Absolutely. It's a fine line you got to walk. It's, it's tough. Discounts can promote omni-channel strategy. Brands are increasingly investing in omni-channel capabilities using technology to create a seamless customer experience across online and offline channels. As Shopify states in its future of retail report, the strategy enables uh, retailers to increase customer order value with customers more likely to add extra items to their cart, for example, if you can pick them up immediately. Additionally, then retailers should also consider promotions within this context, such as rewarding customers with a discount code if they exhibit a particular behavior. For example, Kyle Monk, director of Insight, British Retail Consortium, told Shopify some brands are viewing returns as an additional touch point, offering an extra discount at return if you use the store credit the same day. Not a bad idea at all. No, I like that idea, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting the right mix of discounts and rewards. Big discounting events like Black Friday have in the past come with a lot of hype with emails prom- promising the big, the biggest and best sales. However, speaking to e-consultancy, last October, Loyalty Lions CEO Charles Casey, Charlie Casey studied a site that found 60% of customers feel that Black Friday discounts aren't as good as they expect them to be. In order to avoid feeding into the sediment, then Casey suggests that retailers should focus on what else might drive retention and loyalty all year round. There's potential for merchants to offer alternatives to discounts that protect the profit margins and improve the lifetime value of their customers. Turns out these alternatives will make customers just as likely to buy from brands over peak brands over peaks as discounts. He said, trendsetters in the e-commerce space will be those who shift toward deploying alternative alternative incentives alongside discounts that maximize lifetime value and the longevity of their promotional activities. Free gifts is one example, which toy retailer Hamsley's, Hamley's is currently offering to cons- customers if they spend over $50 or 50 pounds online. Not only does this type of reward contribute to positive sentiment about the brand, but it is also a good way to increase average order value online. Absolutely. That, that's a great point. Like you can, like giving away freebies is some not, because again, you got to be careful. You, gotta, you can't just train your consumer that there's always going to be a discount. You know, yes. I like the idea of spend X amount of money and you get this free thing. Yeah. Is that a discount in a way? Sure. But not really. I just, a matter of fact, I, I had a Facebook post about it uh, yesterday and that last night I went and filled up my, uh, my wife's car and I had, I got a dollar off of my gas at Kroger, Emily. And I was so, I was happy. like, yeah, I got a dollar <laughs> off of my gas. And then as I'm sitting there pumping, just thinking about how happy I am that I got a dollar off of my gas, I say, wait a minute, Jay. I mean, you spent $1,000 at Kroger this month. 
I spent $1,000 at Kroger, Emily, and my, my wife's gas tank is 21 gallons, 22 gallons. I got $21, $21 off. And, and, but, you know, I mean, and, and listen, there are times where where I will go out there, and if I'm at 950, 950 points, you know what I do, Emily? Hmm. I say, well, there's something in my house that I could that I that I need fifty dollars worth of food for. Let me go and, and just go ahead and get some shopping done. And so I choose and I elect to spend that fifty dollars right there so I can get my one dollar achievement. Honestly, I do the same thing with a lot of stuff. And it's it comes back to that like that small little gain. You're like, yes, I earned this. It always I always feel very satisfied with myself because I did this. I earned this little discount. But boy, did they get us, Emily. Uh, listen, I, I I am I don't feel like I'm always a sheep, but man, when it comes to things like that, ho, 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 boy am I. <laughs> Let's see. Exclusive sale access to generate a managed man. I'm not gonna read through that because that's pretty self-explanatory. I like that. It gives some exclusivity to it. You know, let let make people I mean you kinda say it yourself. Make people think that they're important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, people love being important. We live in such a big world, almost in a hyper-connected world. That and uh, let's probably diving deep into sociology. But people, as a whole, can feel insignificant a lot of times. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. and not that a cell makes you feel significant, but it can it can elicit that emotion of I'm wanted. This company wants my business. It takes that insignificance for a couple minutes, and it says, "No, I'm, I'm a part of something here." And so you know, it's a it's a good merchandising brand, you know, merchandising tactic when you can lock down a cell behind a, a, a not a paywall, but just a access wall. And you let people know, Hey, this is when your slot is right here. You know, using, using, you know, um, uh, pronouns like you, your, like, like possessive, possessive, uh, statements that this is yours. That goes a long way in merchandising, not just some generic, uh, you know, sale begins at 10 a.m. Uh, like this thing that they're showing right here for next. Your 10 a.m. slot starts soon. Man, yeah. that gets you going. Listen, it. Listen, I don't know how we do this, but it circles all the way back at the beginning. It's all about human behavior. You want to say the right things to get people to do the things that you want to do. And also, sometimes you just got to know how people act. People like to feel special. Mm-hmm. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Highlight savings and incomplete offers at checkout. Uh, yep, you want to make sure that you're doing that. You also want to be a little bit careful sometimes with that. Um, but you definitely, I'm just, I'm, I'm having to hit these fast because it's about time for us to head off. A wider <laughs> brand presence, a, a wider brand price promise can reassure buyers year round. Yeah, let them know if you if you'll match pricing. Let them know. Uh, clear sales timing can help maintain exclusivity. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all these things. Read through this article. Great article uh, to read through about, you know, as you're strategizing some things that some some strategies that you can put into your store so that you can uh, you can take advantage of discounting. You can take advantage of getting your customers what we talked about in that first one. You know, don't don't forsake your customers, guys. I get that they're not buying from you right now more than, you know, they, they might not be, buying, but they are there. Okay, just because somebody isn't isn't buying from you doesn't mean that they're not present. 
And if you and if you look at, I mean, it's the same thing in any in a relationship, right? In a marriage, in a relationship, just because you might not have a nightly conversation with with your spouse two nights a week or whatever, you know, whatever, or, or maybe they're not pouring into you or whatever it might be, that doesn't mean that they're not there. And you have to nourish that relationship, and you have to nourish that 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 just that bond and if you I mean, it's like again a flower if you don't even if you don't see a flower the flower's still there you better still water the thing boom absolutely so emily good show i think so listen you killed it i was just kind of sitting around watching you shine <laughs> two weeks i'm not gonna be here next week i just had uh, i just had to go for it today you know I love it. I, I was down. You did, you did excellent as well, Emily. You are the star of the show, without a uh-huh. doubt. Sure. <laughs> Emily's Southern Fried e-commerce featuring Jay. Listen, I uh, I'm just the face. You know, I got the face for this podcast. There we go. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. Please, please, please like, share, tell all your friends about it. Let us know what you thought about this podcast. You can find us shop. Shopify, Spotify, uh, Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcast. You can find us all the places. Let us know how we're doing. Please, please, please. We we thrive. We are a fl- flower needing your water. <laughs> it's uh, true. It's true. It's true. Emily, have a fun time in New Orleans. You too. I'll see you there. Yeah, see you there. Guys, we hope everybody has a good week, and we won't see you next week, but we will see you the week after next. 